so basically we were in China and we had heard there was a city, which was Wuhan, um, that had a weird illness going through it. I mean, like I, I can still think of that moment and shivers down my spine because I just remember thinking that is such a weird thing to make the news. You don't hear about city-wide illnesses that aren't responding to treatment. like, And so I was like, that's scary. Like I Right away, I was on edge. I just kept being like, well, it's not in Beijing. And they locked that other city, Wuhan, down pretty quick, I think. And so I wasn't too concerned. Everything's fine. Um, and then basically, it came to Beijing. And overnight, the entire city shut down, which is insane because it's a city of 20 million people. Any time of day, you can look out the window and you'll see tons of people on the sidewalk. Like it's always so busy everywhere. And we lived pretty close to downtown. You'd look out and there wasn't even a car, like let alone mm. people on the sidewalk. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hi guys, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Alana Liam joining me. Her husband is Jordan Liam and he played hockey in China for three years. And this was such a fun episode to me because China is just something that is so foreign. I think to so many of us, like a lot of us play in Europe or North America, but I really haven't talked one-on-one with someone who's had an experience in China, let alone on a three-year contract. So this was a super fun and fascinating episode, especially just with kind of where the world is right now. So she was actually in China when they got the news about the coronavirus. So she walks us through what that was like for them, learning about that, how the team handled the situation, and kind of just like how that spiraled over to North America and what the beginning stages were like. We also talk a lot about just the culture there, what it was like living there, playing there, and they love it. We talk about some really funny things. For example, she does laundry in her bathtub because they don't have a washer and dryer and she can't find a laundry mat anywhere. Like literally my hero because I don't think I could, I don't think I could do that, honestly. And they also don't have a kitchen. They live in a hotel and they pretty much lived in a hotel for three years, but they freaking take it like champs. They take it a lot better than I would have. We also talk about how it's a 15 to 16 hour time difference, the travel over there, the road trips, what those are like. I think you're really going to like this episode because it's just kind of taking a day's look at a completely different form of our hockey life. So I hope you enjoy. Alana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I know that we have kind of chatted back and forth over Instagram. You did a freaking phenomenal Travel Tuesday (laughs) way back when. I'm like, I want you to do another one because it was so good, but I'm so excited (laughs) to chat with you today. Yeah, I'm so excited too. Uh, As soon as I found your Instagram page, I was like, I want to go on this podcast. I want to do the Travel Tuesday. Like, I want to be so involved. Yeah, well, you did great, and I'm just excited (laughs) to chat more and learn more about you and your hockey life. So tell me a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and your hockey story. Yeah, so um, my name's Solana. My husband's name is Jordan. Um, I'm from, or we both grew up actually just outside of Vancouver. Um, We spent our whole lives here until we ended up in China, um, where we've played... uh, the past three years, um, which is Jordan's entire professional career, um, all in Beijing, um, and one year in a different city called Harbin. Cool. Yeah. It's just like a funny sentence. Like we spent our whole life in Vancouver until we moved to China. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, just and casual. we always said too, we never, we never thought we would go to China, let alone like live there. So we were 
just like our minds were blown when we first went. When you first found out that you were moving to China, what was going through your mind? Yeah, so Jordan was still in university and his friend messaged him being like, hey, they're starting up pro hockey in China. Do you want to come to this tryout um, in Vancouver? And Jordan was like, yeah, I would love to come, come do that. And so he told me like, no, I'm not going to quit school. I'm not going to go overseas yet. Like, I just want to finish. This is just for fun. And of course, at the end of the weekend, they offered him a contract. And I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and I leave in three weeks. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And I'm like, so you're moving to China in three weeks? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't even know it was a thing. I never considered, like, we were so far away from starting his pro career that I didn't, it wasn't on my radar. Um, and so basically he just left, um, three weeks later. And then I was so dramatic, like, is this going to break us? Are we done? And then he was there for two months before, or three months actually, before I was able to come and join him. And then, yeah, so right away he signed a three-year contract, which terrified me because I, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. And I was just thinking like, wow, three years commitment. This is a lot like but everything ended up working out. So it was super random and a big surprise, but it, it was just awesome. So, so far yeah. we love it. Yeah. That is a big commitment, especially like <laughs> if you've never been there, it's like, okay, yeah. well, I guess we're doing this, but I know <laughs> it's funny that you say you're, you were being really dramatic. Cause I did the same thing when my husband got called up for the <laughs> first time, we like went out to lunch and I'm just like crying over a turkey sandwich. Like, how are we going to make this work? Like, <laughs> he's like, I cried. Be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I cried the entire week before he left. And he was, he sat me down at one point and was like, look, are you actually going to be okay? Like, if you're not, I won't go, but I really want to go. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, no, I'm just, I'm just emotional. Like I'll be fine. Um, whatever. And then also too, like he kept telling me when I go to China, I'll have money to propose to you. We can get married. So that also definitely tempted me into saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> It's the game plan. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But yeah, I know you just have to like feel all the feelings and you know of course. go through it. But what, so, mm -hmm. what were you doing at that time when he was? Getting... Um, so I was still in school, and actually, such a crazy story. The day he got offered the contract, I was on a flight to Paris just for a vacation. Um, so of the three weeks he had left in Canada, I was gone for two of them. Wow. Oh. I know. I was just <laughs> crying timing? the whole time in Paris too. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You poor thing. Oh, yeah. It was an emotional month. <laughs> so you were in school, and where did you go to school? Yeah, so um, we were both going to Simon Fraser University, which is one of the bigger ones out in Vancouver. Um, we actually have the same degree. We're both doing communications. I have a minor in women's studies, which I'm in my last semester now, finally. Um, the hockey life really made me delay that, of course, <laughs> going back and forth all the time, but <laughs> excited to be done <laughs> so that first season that he went over to China were you guys you did long distance that first season um so basically kind of every year I don't know if it's actually not allowed or they just prefer it but they don't really let the wives come during training camp and everything preseason um they always tell our husbands to tell us to come when the season starts so that year, their preseason just started so early. It started July 1st. That's when he left. And so they told me that, or Jordan told me that I shouldn't come until September 1st. So right off the bat, I figured we would be having two months. It ended up being three because, uh, as I'll probably dive into later, nothing really works out the way you want in China. Everything, all your plans will always get scrambled. Um, and then... So I went from October to December. So I went for two months. Um, during that time, we actually got engaged there, which was great. And then because we got engaged, I was planning to stay all year. But then we decided I should just go home, plan the wedding. We can get married next summer. And yeah, so I just came home, went back to school. And then he was there for two more months. Um, so we kind of did three months apart, two months together, two months apart for the first year. So did he propose in China? He did, yeah. So it's another crazy story, but 
we were living in Harbin that year, um, which is a northeastern, like, small town in China. But I say small, it still has millions of people. Um, <laughs> Casual. <laughs> it's, it's just not, like, Western. Nobody speaks English. Um, so it feels like a small town. And so basically, he got called up to the KHL team, which was in Shanghai. And so he flew there for a couple of days and we were trying to figure out like, should I come? Is he just up there for a couple of days? Should I stay in Harbin? And they sent him back down two days later. So he's like, oh, okay, perfect. So then he kind of realized like, oh, we're getting to the end of uh, November. Like I wanted to do it not too close to Christmas. And so he was like, I'm going to go buy a ring the day I land back in Harbin. So he lands in Harbin and he texts me and he's like, Hey, what are you, what are you up to? I'm like, Oh, I'm just at the mall, which is the mall he was going to go to. So he didn't want to go find the ring because he knew I'd be wandering around the mall. So he was like, Oh, I'll go the next day. The next day he gets called up again. So he flies back to Shanghai. And at this point I'm like, well, are you ever coming back? Is it just going to be back and forth? So he talks to the coach there and they're like, no, you'll be here for a little bit. Like your, your girlfriend can come up. I'm like, okay, awesome. So I fly there and he tells me um, he's at practice. So I, he can't come pick me up from the airport. And I'm still kind of nervous about flying in China at this point. It would have only been my second flight and like a new city I hadn't been to. And I had to, he tells me the address, take a taxi, you'll be fine. I'm like, okay. So I get out of the taxi at the hotel and he's standing in the lobby. And I'm like, what are you doing? I was so mad because I was like, you, you could have come pick me up. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, let's just drop your bags in the room. So then we go up to the room and I drop my bags. I turn around, he's on one knee and then he just got engaged like that. It was so surprising and so quick. And Aww. then, yeah. And then I was there, I think for two more weeks after that. And then I, we decided that I could fly home when he went back on the road. So yeah, guys <laughs> like to keep you on your toes, like you walk in, you're going to be annoyed. Like, why did you not pick me up? <laughs> and then he's like, surprise, I have the ring to save the day. <laughs> well, and I think too, like, I'm so suspicious of Jordan all the time. He knows if he had taken me to a nice dinner, maybe I would have thought something was up. <laughs> or so he was like, I just got to do it at a moment. She'll never expect it. And so like, literally just in the middle of a hotel room, dropped to one knee. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah I'm but, the same yeah. it's funny that you say that I'm the same way like I'm all Charlie's always like you're always like so skeptical with everything I'm doing like you always think <laughs> I have like these ulterior motives <laughs> like yeah it's called my intuition that's me all the time <laughs> I'm like Jordan why did you do that are you uh are you planning for something he's like no I just I just poured a glass of milk like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> what so going over to China like I know you were saying that it's crazy travel. Like what does a typical travel day look like? So when we were in Beijing, it was awesome because Vancouver to Beijing is pretty direct. Um, There's lots of daily flights that way and it's 12 hours. Um, So it's not bad. And the flight, um, sorry, the flight companies, the flight attendants, everything, they're awesome. A lot of people I've heard don't like flying within Asia, but I think they're super nice. They're so accommodating. Um, The food, I like the food. I hate airplane food and I can deal with like rice and veggies. So that's good for me. (laughs) Um, And yeah, usually they're not that full. So a lot of the times I've had a full, full seat to stretch out in, which is amazing for a 12 hour flight. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other year when we were in Harbin, it was a little more difficult because there was no direct flights. Um, And so China has these major transit hub cities all over the country, and it's such a big country. So my first flight went from Vancouver to Guangzhou, which is all the way in the very south of China, which was 14 hours. And then I had to fly, I had to wait, and then fly five more up to Harbin. Mm. So it was a nightmare day. I almost missed my connection. It was, and that was my first flight ever flying into China. And I was freaked. I was like, I did so much research before I went and I still was like, do they use the same numbers? Am I going to be able to find my gate? And you were alone, right? (laughs) Yeah, I was alone. Um, and it was, 
it was the middle of the night and yeah, it was just like every stressor that could have happened did. And I was already so on edge and yeah, but flying back and forth from Beijing is awesome. It's a quick, <laughs> quick 12 hours, but <laughs> it's pretty standard do, I, even for yeah. Europe. Yeah, exactly. And so um, with China, I've flown back and forth so many times, just the way our seasons work out and our plans and everything that like I miss doing it. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on with you guys now? Are you going back yeah. over there? Um, so our team at the end of last year on our exit meeting and everything, they, without like officially doing so, Jordan was said like, we'd love to have you back. Um, we'll, we're just going to figure everything out for the next season. And we did leave right when COVID was happening. So things were already up in the air. Um, and then, so basically the team decided just to fold for this year. They figured it was going to be too much because the league is Russian too. Um, so it's just the, the issue of travel, really. I think China's actually doing okay with the virus right now. Um, but they just can't leave the country every two weeks without like quarantining and all this stuff. So going back and forth between China and Russia would not be feasible. And so they just decided let's pause it for a year. If everything works out, we'll be up and running back year. You can come back then. And yeah, so kind of on hold for that. We were looking for a place to play this year, but not, not like super hard because we just figured, you know, it's COVID. Everything's mm -hmm. so crazy. And if mm -hmm. we have a spot in China next year, we'll, we'll be fine to take that. So Jordan's still training and everything, but and like on the ice all the time, but just, just doing it at home right now. Yeah. And I, I vaguely remember, I think we kind of talked about you coming back when COVID happened from China. Yeah. Like, will you yeah. remind me like what that? Yeah. Like? So basically we were in China and we had heard there was a city, which was Wuhan, um, that had a weird illness going through it. And I mean, like, I, I can still think of that moment and shivers down my spine because I just remember thinking that is such a weird thing to make the news. Like you don't hear about citywide illnesses that aren't responding to treatment. Like, and so I was like, that's scary. Like I, right away I was on edge. And then basically I just kept being like, well, it's not in Beijing. And they locked that other city Wuhan down pretty quick, I think. And so I wasn't too concerned. Everything's fine. Um, and then basically it came to Beijing and overnight the entire city shut down, which is insane because it's a city of 20 million people. Any time of day you can look out the window and you'll see tons of people on the sidewalk. Like it's always so busy everywhere. And we lived pretty close to downtown and you'd look out and there wasn't even a car, like let alone mm. people on the sidewalk. And it was like spooky. And so we're sitting in our hotel room because we live in hotel rooms all year round. And we're like, oh, do you? That's weird. We do. Yeah, I'll get into that <laughs> after. Um, but we're sitting in our hotel room feeling like it's doomsday. We're not allowed to leave the hotel room. Every time we go down to the lobby, they take our temperature. Um, and I'm like so scared of if I go over, what is that going to mean? What are they going to do to me? And so. We basically just hid out in the hotel room. Our coaches canceled practice just being like, until we know what's going on, let's just cut it out. Um, so we basically lived like that for, I think, probably three or four days, just not leaving the room, doing nothing, and only leaving the room to go to the corner store. Because, again, in our hotel room, we don't even have a kitchen. So we're, like, ordering food to eat. Um, and then we knew the boys were going on the road at the end of the week. And so everything was kind of just hinging on that decision. And so I think a few hours before the boys left, the coach called everyone to the lobby and said, we're going to Russia tonight and we're not coming back. So bring all the stuff you have with you. If you can't bring it, we'll pay, the team will pay for you to ship it to your home place. Um, and wives, get out of here. Like, you should not be here. This is a big deal. And so at the time, though, I was so concerned because I didn't want to sit on a flight for 12 hours. I thought that was going to be like the sure way I catch this disease. Mm -hmm. And so I was texting my nurse friends at home being like, should I just hide in a hotel room? Should I come home? And nobody, everyone's like, well, I don't know. Like, sure. or No. And so no straight answers. Not, and like, how do you choose what to do in this situation? I literally felt like I was fleeing. Um, and so I talked to one of the Chinese wives actually on our team. 
and I asked her what she would do. And she basically told me, if I was you and I had a country I could leave and be safe in, I would be gone. And so it just like, that was all I needed. I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. So I booked a flight that left 12 hours later, packed up our entire everything that we had there. I got in an Uber, well, they call it a DD there. I got in a DD and I just cried my whole way to the airport. The guy probably had no idea what was going on with me. What did your Um, parents, like, what were your parents saying about all this? Like, what, while this was happening? My parents were being so chill and it was freaking me out because I was like, usually are so much more worried than I am. Um, And they were just like, yeah, whatever you feel, like, come home when you want. And then, but then they told me later that they just didn't want to worry me. Um, and they were like not sleeping because they were so worried, <laughs> which I wasn't either. Um, but yeah, so basically I was super sad about leaving China and I was like defiant. I'm like, no, my year abroad is getting cut short. Like I'm done. So I, the flight I picked had a 24 hour layover in Korea. So I just went to Korea for a day to like have my own day stress-free wandering around a new city and then I flew home and yeah wow that was how I escaped COVID (laughs) well I feel like at first too no one really understood the severity of it because I even think back to the middle of February when or I think it was the beginning of February but my when my parents came out to Austria last year and we went on this trip to Italy and we're just like yeah you just so lax like we were seeing Mm -hmm. all these people in masks and we're like this is just such oh wow how dramatic like Jesus you know and then like right after they left was when it really got bad yeah then our season got canceled I I cannot imagine being at like the root oh my god (laughs) well and so all of this happened to me at the end of January which was so early um and I it was like the all I could think about all day long for like three or four days and barely anyone or like some of my friends but lots of people from home I expected people to be like hey are you okay and not many people were and then when I landed back in Vancouver um the border guard he's like oh where are you coming from I'm like China expecting them to like put me in a cage like take me away for (laughs) testing and they're like okay are you coming from Wuhan I'm like no but I'm coming from Beijing and there's cases there too He's like, nope, that's fine. Have a nice day. Like, I wasn't even told to quarantine. And, like, I very easily could have brought brought it with me, right? And so, I like, I don't think anyone was thinking it was that big of a thing, especially outside of China. Um, but for us, like, it was literally three days of all I can think of before I, like, literally ran from the country. Yeah, well, and I think it really didn't start becoming a thing till Mm -hmm. like March back yeah here in Vancouver like middle of March is when we finally shut down yeah wow it was yeah it was very stressful so then when did your husband come back after so they went to Russia and they actually did finish out their season they were just on the road for a month which is brutal feel for him (laughs) yeah but yeah I think they just like split their time between hotels and eventually booked everyone a flight home I don't think Russia had cases that that early so it worked out but it was stressful too to be so far apart during all this because I'm like what if you get sick what if I get sick and we're literally on opposite ends of the world how are we supposed to take care of each other Mm -hmm. yeah it's just such a weird time and like even still I never would have thought that it's can still continuing to be this way yeah, and I thought too when I left China, it was in the past. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like okay, I'm good. That was COVID. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving it there. Everything's gonna be fine once I get back to Canada. <laughs> yeah, literally. Reality and now check. China's doing yeah. better than us. I'm like, I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, were they when you flew home at the airports? Were they like doing crazy precautions yet, or was no, it pretty bad? Not at all. I was trying to look to see if, because in China before, okay, I had to go through a temperature scanner to get into the airport, um, to go through a temperature scanner before security, and to go through one, I think, before getting on my flight. So they were being so cautious. And so I landed in Vancouver. I'm like, oh, I wonder how many times I'm going to get my temperature taken. None. (laughs) I was like looking to see if there was like sneaky, like 
heat uh, cameras or something that they're just like looking for. I didn't notice anything. And then two of my friends were like, oh, like, let's hang out. I'm like, well, I should quarantine, shouldn't I? Like, well, the border guards didn't tell you to. And so I felt obligated to, but it wasn't a rule and it was so weird. And so I think I quarantined for a week and then I was like, "Eh, I'm definitely not sick. So in that time too, nobody knew like you can spread with no symptoms or all this stuff. So it was just like kind of a guessing game. Yeah, I know. I feel like nobody knew like what to do. And then all of a sudden now there's just like too much information. Yeah, it's like there's some very (laughs) bizarre rules. I'm like, um... I don't think like this is going to make a huge difference. Like some of these roles, <laughs> yeah. but some of them like, okay, I understand that, but yeah. Oh man. Well, and what's interesting too, is that I know all the, all the media and everything has been saying that China knew about it for a long time before that. Um, and our entire team got so sick uh, the month of November. Like guys were, there'd be like two or three guys sitting out from games. All the wives were sick. One of them went to the hospital with a fever of, I want to say it was like 105. And like, like literally the month of November, everybody was so sick. And I'm not saying that it was obviously a for sure COVID, but it just makes you think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if the shoe fits, it might have been. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if any of those people, like, were you, were you sick in November? No, I meant I was one of the only ones who didn't get sick. Yeah. Cause I wonder if they would if any of the people that were sick tested positive later, you know, like, because yeah, they say that you're like I immune would, to it or whatever. I don't know if that's true, but. Well, and I would love to, even for me and Jordan get like antibody tests. Jordan was sick then. Um, and Jordan was actually sick the week before we left China. He had a fever um, and he actually had pink eye, which I didn't know is a very rare, but symptom of COVID. And so really? now we always, I mean, everybody says it, but we're like, you had COVID, we had COVID, <laughs> but I never got sick. So, I mean, if it's so contagious, maybe it wasn't that, but it was just, it's definitely a weird coincidence. I'm picturing like Oprah pointing to everyone in the audience. Being like, you get a car, you get a car, you have COVID, you, have COVID. <laughs> you beat COVID and you yeah. beat COVID. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, gosh, we probably shouldn't joke about that, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel for the people. I mean, humor is how I cope with a lot of things, so it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you just have to because otherwise it's just so overwhelming. And I'm like, I can't watch any more TV. Like, this is just, I have to stay off my phone because I get so anxious. Oh, I know. I know. I do too. And like, when it first came to Vancouver, I was, I had like a tab on my browser of like COVID links (laughs) where I could look up like the current information and the current counts and everything just because. I was so consumed and now I, I put my phone away a lot more. Yeah. Well, it's like, that's, I think that's just what humans do. Like, I mean, you could have like a yeah. bruise on your hand and all of a sudden you're looking up and you have like mad cow disease. It's like, and then you're like <laughs> on this spiral, like, you know, it's just like, that's just what we yeah. do. And there's just now the plethora of information. So it's hard to like, sort through yourself, it all. But like, yeah, I think it's super important to do that. Otherwise you're just going to be like I kind of go in waves where I'm like, I can handle it and I can like see it all the time and I'm fine. And then it'll just all hit me. I'm like, okay, I actually, I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not fine. Like I cannot keep doing this stuff. This is just too much. Yeah. So I know you said that you guys also have brutally long road trips when you're over there. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I cannot imagine. Like, I think just like, I don't know. Oh, he's played his whole professional career over there, but like yeah. In the AHL, ECHL, like they can be 10 to 14 days, depending on like where you are in the country, but like at least okay, you're yeah. in your own country yeah. when you're on, on another country, <laughs> like you yeah. probably feel like you're on a different planet. And then when your husband's gone for like three weeks, what is that yeah. like? Yeah. So there, since the league is Russian um, and we're based in China, every single road trip for them starts out with flying to Moscow. Um, so that's a seven hour flight they start every road trip with Mm. and I think it's a five hour time difference so it's like we're doing long distance for two three weeks every every month um and the first time he was like all right I'm going away for two weeks you're gonna be alone in China um and this was in Harbin I was like am I gonna live like am I gonna be okay here (laughs) I don't know anyone I at this point I hadn't like the first two weeks that I got there, I'm spending all my time with Jordan, right? Not meeting the other wives. Um, and so 
I didn't know anyone and I just was like, okay, here I am alone in China. Like, what do I do now? And so kind of how I've learned to cope with that is I, I plan out my two weeks. <laughs> I book appointments. I go get a massage. I go get my nails done. Um, and to every time I guess I've been in China, I've been doing online classes. So I'm busy with that. Um, and actually that's probably one of the biggest parts about the whole team living together in a hotel. Um, all the wives are so close together. So when we have two weeks apart from our husbands, we like, it's like sleepover camp. Like we get bottles of wine and go to each other's hotel rooms and put on a movie or China actually has a, or Beijing has an amazing nightlife. So we go out, we go dancing, we go drinking, we go to amazing restaurants. It's, there's so much shopping, there's so many tourist sites. Like it's, it's pretty easy to keep busy. Um, mm -hmm. But then to go to bed at night every, every night for two weeks alone in China, it's a little freaky. The, the whole team is it like a suite or is it really just like a bed it's a hotel room it's a bed and a bathroom <laughs> oh my gosh so you have to probably really like make an effort to get out every day oh yeah like you can go so stir crazy what's nice is the hotel that we have we've lived in the same hotel the past two years um and it's great I it's I mean it's not the cleanest it's not the most updated but the staff is really good um, the rooms are huge, like they're, I don't even know what they would be in a measurements standpoint, but we have a bed, a couch, a TV, a desk. We have tons of storage to put all our clothes away. Uh, the bathroom is huge and it's all marble. So it's like, it's like kind of a, a fancy hotel, I guess, by Chinese standards. And so um, it's really nice. Like I don't, it, I love the area too where we live. We're really close to the subway so we can get around. There's lots of good restaurants nearby and we're actually right down the street from the American embassy. Um, so it's very, there's lots of foreigners in that area. So that really helps too. How do you um, cook? Yeah. So we don't, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know some of the wives have like managed to buy like, uh, a, like a slow cooker or an air fryer, whatever, like something you can just plug into the wall. But me and Jordan never have. We just, uh, we like to eat out and the team actually does pay for, uh, if we wanted to eat every single meal in the hotel restaurant, it would be paid for. My mind is blown right now. I know. And I think that's actually the biggest difference between like as much as China is so different from everywhere else where there's pro hockey, it's the hotel living that throws people off. <laughs> I could for, and you did that for three years. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I like to eat out too, but I feel like when I'm eating out well, like I mean let's face it like we've all eaten out four days in a row before like yeah fine but like then I'm like okay I need to like we need to cook at home because I'm just like sick yeah. well and even like to the I think what I kind of struggle with is um the food like if you're going out for traditional Chinese food it's very like oil heavy um a lot of meat a lot of like it's like intense food right and when I'm at home I'm big on like salads and like vegan food and lots of veggies fresh veggies and so it's just there's places where you can go there but they're usually western so they're a little pricier so like if you're just if you're going out all the time you're like oh well let's try this Chinese place and then eventually you're like all I've eaten is fried rice for like the past four <laughs> days um but the hotel staff there in the restaurant is really good too. They've like pulled me aside before and they don't, they don't speak much English, but they'll try to communicate to me. Like, if you want something, just ask for it and we'll cook it for you. So oh, that's really nice. It's so sweet. And so they have like this big um, broth station where they cook up hot broth and you can like cook veggies and add it to it. So I basically eat that every day and I get them to fry me up like a, a salmon filet or like a cod or something and that's basically what I eat every single day <laughs> yeah. thank god there's a restaurant in the hotel because I know then you can just go right downstairs yeah so that that part's nice but then again because we all live in the same hotel every meal you eat you're surrounded by your teammates and the other wives and like, <laughs> yeah you're like okay I actually like need to make myself presentable <laughs> I know and so like every time before going downstairs I'd be like adding some mascara or like something and my husband's like what are you doing I'm like well everybody's down there your coaches are down there your team staff is down there like <laughs> yeah. I can't just go down there right out of bed 
that's like when we have to take our dogs out I'm like, oh yeah. Please don't run into anyone, because like most <laughs> of us live in the same apartment complex, and I usually like okay th- those late night like dog outings. Like we usually take them out like last last call, yeah. at, like ten o'clock or something, and I'm just not. <laughs> I'm looking rough. Like I have like yeah. top knot bun, like baggy sweatpants, baggy sweatshirt. <laughs> like, All right, please, no one else be down here. <laughs> I can't run into anyone well, right now. Yeah, and two. Um, so I would say most of our team is Russian. Russian players and Russian wives and they're so beautiful and so made up all the time. It's so intimidating. I'm like, okay, I know that the Russian girls are going to be wearing their best leather pants for breakfast and I look like crap next to them. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true like that you look like crap next to them, but like that's a lot of pressure to have to get ready for breakfast. Yeah, it's just well and it's just like it's just part of the the fabulous China life, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, do you it's, feel it's special? Do you feel like at first things like that were more challenging for you than they are now? Like, did you have a different perspective? Yeah. So, the f- in so our first year in Harbin, the hotel was it was a French hotel, the Sofitel. Um, which was beautiful. It was amazing. It was such a nice hotel. So I was like, well, I'm on vacation right now. Like I have this beautiful hotel. It has a spa downstairs, has a wonderful gym, has a huge pool. It has like three different restaurants in the basement and it's fantastic. Like, wow, this is amazing. And then the next year in Beijing, um, we, they started us out in one hotel and it was a room the size of the bed. Like it, we walked in and it was just the bed and the bathroom and it was so tight. And I like looked at Jordan, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to live here for whatever, five, six months. He's like, yeah, I can't really see that happening. So right away, I'm like thinking like, okay, I guess I'm not staying all year. Like I'll stay as long as I can. Um, But everybody, even like the coaches were protesting that hotel. So the team switched it for us to the one that we, like within a week, I think um uh to the one that we lived in now for the past two years um which again like going from a bad one to a good one I think really helped because I was like wow this hotel is amazing instead of like picking out bad things right off the bat Mm -hmm. um but yeah and I think I just have my own little rituals for how to make a hotel room cozy (laughs) yeah let's hear (laughs) it (laughs) yeah so the start of every year I do a big trip to Ikea um, I make sure I get a duvet. That's my biggest thing because I, cause we have a couch in our room. I don't want to sit in bed all day. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to sit on the couch, I'll get a blanket for the couch. Um, I buy a lot of candles cause scents are huge. Yep. <laughs> um, like twinkle lights, cute little like decorative things. If I can, I had all of the stuff that makes it feel like you're in a hotel room, like the menus and I just like shove it in a drawer and close it until March. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, yeah, I think too, we buy a lot of like little storage things, like a little carousel for my makeup and like stuff that just makes me feel like it's homey. Um, And it kind of, it kind of sucks having like a maid come in every day. Like I know it's nice to have that, but it, when it's your home, like you're like, just don't come in today, please. And so I do a lot of the cleaning, or I wouldn't say a lot, but I do some of the cleaning myself. Um, and because we live in a hotel too, we don't have laundry. So Stop. I do my laundry <laughs> in the bathtub. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I well, okay. So basically the hotel does offer laundry services, but it's expensive and they charge per piece. So How much it's like, per piece? I think it's like five to $10 a shirt. We've never done it because we're like, well, we're going to spend like a hundred dollars on laundry every week. You're so, kidding. I know. And so I, it has been my life goal to find a laundromat in China and I have never, <laughs> I don't know how they do their laundry there. I think everyone must have their own washer. Um, like a little, cause I've seen Chinese apartments. They have like a little small washer and then they just dry air dry everything. And so I found one laundry service. I couldn't tell, like, looking on the map if it was a laundromat or, a, or, like, a service. And so I went there, 
and it was the same price as the hotel, but I had to leave my stuff there for two weeks. So I'm like, no, I can't do that either. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, um, the whole second year I did laundry in the tub. Um, they do have laundry machines at the rink, but you basically like the boys have to chuck them in before practice and then come get them at the end and everybody lines up for them. And it's just adds like probably an hour onto Jordan's stay at the rink. So I'm like, no, don't even bother. Um, and then this past year, uh, there was another team in Beijing and one of my good friends was on that team. So I would go when the boys were at practice, I'd go in the morning to her hotel because they did have like coin laundry. <laughs> so I'd go do that. That is like my jaws to the floor right now. Like I can't, <laughs> I feel like Honestly, so it's- stupid forever complaining about not having a dryer. Like you guys don't even have a washer. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably like uh, the worst part about playing hockey in China. Like there's some other things, but the laundry situation is just brutal. And all my friends think I'm exaggerating. They're like, oh, you haven't looked hard enough to like go find a laundromat. I'm like, you guys, I have walked up and down streets to every single (laughs) shop that pops up in Apple Maps and Google Maps. And they're not there. They're just gone. Because too, Google is banned in China. So nothing is, you can't look on Google Maps for stuff like it's it i i'm convinced that it doesn't exist (laughs) if i'm negative i'm just gonna be miserable all year so like being in china so if i can see the brighter side and like i said i use humor to to deal with stuff so that comes in a lot um in china i'm using my humor a lot (laughs) so when you went over there for the first time like did you have resources to know like certain things like that, like you'd be living in a hotel the whole time and like you didn't have a washer and like you didn't have a kitchen. Yeah. So the first year they kept telling us, you're going to be in an apartment, you're going to be in an apartment. Uh, we're still looking, we're still looking. And so we, we kind of just thought the hotel was temporary. Um, but we lived in it up until I think they moved the team right when I left. Um, then they finally found them apartments. But um, Jordan, said so he lived in alone and he said he preferred the hotel just because everyone was in the same place um and then he I don't know maybe he just didn't want to cook for himself (laughs) but we had a laundry machine um and I think he said there was bugs (laughs) so I don't know how much he really used it maybe he was doing it all at the rink when it was just his stuff um but then the, the, after that year, they just openly were like, nah, you're going to be in a hotel all year, which um, I, there's definitely downfalls to it, but I really don't mind. So. so do you have to limit the amount of stuff you bring, like your clothes and stuff? Because I assume you don't have a lot of storage. Yeah. So I usually bring two big suitcases, but <laughs> they're filled with not just clothes. Like Jordan makes me bring his PS4 or whatever. <laughs> so that takes up a majority of room, but the main issue is actually I do so much shopping over there that I can never bring everything back. Yeah. Um, so is it really is cheap f- to shop over there? Yeah. So it can be anything that's like a brand you would know of um, is expensive because I believe they have like a luxury import tax. Um, so anything that's coming from an international brand will be expensive. Um, but if you, there's like local stores and like cheap like, I guess, like, their versions of H&M and everything. Um, like, Uniqlo and Muji. Um, those are two big ones, and they're great. The only thing is, I'm pretty tall, so the sizing doesn't always translate for me. Um, but, yeah, and then, to like, honestly, like, as an activity, probably the funnest thing is to go to, the like, the counterfeit markets because they're just – bizarre and it's like the funnest day ever (laughs) even if you don't buy anything like just bargaining and seeing everything that you're like wow this looks like so expensive but I'm if I wanted this I could buy it for 20 bucks so yeah it's like like a weird trip but like the bags and stuff where they're like Louis Vuitton (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like walk into an entire room floor to ceiling Louis Vuitton bags and they're like I'll give you three for 20 I'm like what (laughs) that's that is awesome. Like, have you actually bought stuff from that? Yeah, I've bought a couple of things. Um, probably saying a couple is probably putting it lightly. Um, and <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> over the years. Yeah. And it's just so like, it's fun to have like, 
six different like little mini purses that I can use when I'm going out there. And like, I would never buy six little designer purses here, but because I'm there, I'm like, eh. And two, I think everybody, like, I know people are like, oh, wearing fake stuff, but I think everybody there does it. And two, if, <laughs> if the locals are judging me and they're like, oh, there's a foreigner with another fake bag, I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like you probably can't tell when you're back home, you know? There's a few, there's a few pieces I've seen there where I'm like, okay, this fell off like the Gucci truck or something. Like, this is not a fake. This is so real. And I mean, who knows? Maybe because you, you hear too, like maybe these companies sell their, their things that got the wrong stitch to these uh, vendors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. But yeah, I feel like I personally would never know the difference. Like I'm not really into like super expensive yeah. designer handbags and like that's just not me. So it's like, yeah. I would see that and totally think it's real. <laughs> I would have no idea. Well, and so when we go into the fake market, we're like pulling up on our phones, like real Louis Vuitton versus fake Louis Vuitton. And it's like, oh, the zipper will always go from right to left, not left to right or something. And so we're like examining all these bags and the sales ladies probably think we're crazy, but it's so much fun. And the, the workers there have the best English I've ever come across in China. <laughs> It's always full of uh, tourists in there because I guess it's a main thing to do when you go to Beijing. And the tourists are always asking me like, oh, like you're speaking to her in Chinese. Like you live here. I'm like, yeah. They're like, can you get me a good deal on this? And I always work with the ladies. (laughs) You speak Chinese? Oh, barely. Very, very little. But enough to like tell the sales lady she's my friend. And then she loves me. <laughs> okay, so like, how do you say that? Uh, you say, I'm going to butcher the accent, but Nishi wo de penyo. Oh my gosh. You're <laughs> <I> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't prioritize learning any Chinese until the last year, which was a big mistake because it would have been so helpful. Um, and it was probably one of the main reasons of like stress and... Um, the culture shock. So if I had been more prepared for that, I probably would have had an easier time, but uh, better late than never. So. (laughs) So is everything like, I don't know if this is a stupid question, but is everything there like in symbols? Yeah. So not a stupid question because that's what I was wondering before I went to. Um, A lot of it is, but there is a lot of English and a lot of the time the translations do not make sense. So you're like looking at a restaurant and it says like, I, I can't even, it'd be like zipper soup. And you're like, what? <laughs> and that's what it has written in English. And you're like, okay, there's a botched translation. But like a lot of menus will have English and Chinese. And if not, you just got to whip out your translator. I mean, for the most part, I feel like I just kind of live in a, in a culture where I don't know what's going on when I'm there. So <laughs> I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, like, that's fine. <laughs> that's me too. Like even in Austria, like I just feel yeah. like... I don't know. I've just never really like implemented myself into the culture. Like I'm always just like, I'm American. I speak English. Like I'm not even going to try. And I don't know if that's just because I'm like being lazy or whatever. And I know it would help me, but it just seems like it's just a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And like, um, in China too, like I would prioritize probably learning how to speak before reading, but like even if I was able to speak, then I'd still want to read. And it's like, I don't, the characters are so tough to learn. I've tried to watch like YouTube videos and stuff and it really takes a lot of uh, practice. Um, And so like I have my, I know how to order four beers. I know how to count to 10 and like it's my Chinese is so limited Um, But for the most part, we get around fine. Like a lot of the places I think we go to are pretty Western and like foreigner friendly. So it just happens that like it works out that way. Um, Every once in a while that we end up in like a traditional restaurant where we the English is the menu isn't in English and it's handwritten. So our translators can't pick it up. And we just like point at random things and they bring it to us. And we're like, all right, like, I guess this is what we're eating now. <laughs> yeah, you have to just like roll with it, right? Because I feel like, oh, oh totally. Just, you know, if there's no translation, there's no yeah. translation. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like trying to translate on my phone, like, rice, you have rice. And they're like, 
like staring at me like they have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, oh God, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're like, that's a pretty like standard Chinese yeah. dish, I feel like, if you don't have yeah. rice. Like... Yeah, and some t- I think too, like just the way their language works, I think like one sound means a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to say something and I'm saying completely something else. And yeah, it's just, but like you said, like rolling with it is just, I guess, kind of the entire attitude that I have in China, because if you are expecting it to go a certain way, like it just never will. Um, And yeah, like, I think that's probably how I deal the best is just, you got to laugh it off. You can't have crazy expectations. And I'm a huge planner. Like I have a five-year plan. I have a 10-year plan, like of what I want from life. And so I go to China and it just like nothing ever like works out smoothly. You talked about personal growth and like, what does that look like for you and how have you kind of grown over the years in this lifestyle? Yeah. So I think um, my first, my first year I was very excited, but also nervous. I had never been to Asia before and I always wanted to. Um, And so I was just, I think I just had a lot of fear and I didn't know, am I going to be able to get around? Am I going to be able to order food? Am I going to make friends? Am I going to sit alone, sit alone in a hotel room for weeks? Like, how is this going to work out? And so I just didn't know. And so um, going back the second year, I was really excited. We had a group of friends and we kind of had our bearings about how to go through China life. We're in a different city now, but Beijing is amazing so that really helped um and two I think like just the situation over in China with the wives um living together being alone together for weeks at a time being in this huge culture shock like it is such a sisterhood and every single year I've had friends that I like I still talk to um because you just get so close dealing with all this stuff and everybody deals with their own personal stuff while we're there together as well And so, like, having the other girls there, I think, really saves me. Um, And it's grown, it's had me grow into just, like, being able to rely on other people because I'm very independent and I'll do stuff for myself. Um, But then I'm reminded, like, it's okay to do errands with somebody else. And I... I, you can lean on people and if you're lonely in your hotel room one night, like text a friend, she'll come up with a bottle of wine. Like, (laughs) so there's literally, it's like, I think the best word is just like sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Um, and me and my friend from the first year, uh, we call each other our China sisters. Like we're just, there's all the friendships I've made each year are still lasting. Um, and I think that's because we all struggle together for sure. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know about for you, but I feel like sometimes for me, like I don't want to burden people. Like if I'm having a bad day and I feel like I want to keep it to myself and I'm like, I don't want to come off as this like negative Nancy if I'm like you to vent or something. But like, I feel like you feel a lot better when you do because the people that you're talking to are going through probably something really similar. Yeah, exactly. And too, so like, um, this year I lost a grandparent while I was over there and that was a, a really hard time for me. Um, and again, I, at the start of that, I had fear of being so far away from my family during a tough time, but um, I grew through it. And I think I, I discovered a lot about myself grieving like alone um, and being far away from everyone else. It was definitely hard, but it also really gave me like a good opportunity to reflect on everything and remember the good times and all that. So like, I know being far away from everything and everyone, you know, is scary, but I think it's also really the best opportunity for personal growth just because you're being tested every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry that that okay, happened. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all good. <laughs> I, because you want to be back home and you want to be of with family and you can't really get there. And you know, mm-hmm. it's just, so I, yeah. I feel for you. I know it's, it's hard. And I, like, what's the time difference between there? and um, So it's usually between 15 to 16 hours. Um, and that's because they don't do daylight savings. So it Ooh. switches halfway throughout the year. But yeah, 15 to 16 hours apart. Um, and so it, that's actually probably the toughest part because when I wake up in China, all my friends are going to bed. Oh no. 
all my friends, it's like 5 p.m. at home. Um, so then we can talk for a few hours and then they all go to bed. And then I have all day um, with no one back home to talk to. And then usually when I'm going to bed, they're waking up. So mm-hmm. it's like, and mm-hmm. with my family as well, like it's, there's <laughs> limited amount of time to connect with people back home. And so Small definitely window. a struggle. Yeah. So when your grandparent died, mm-hmm. like you probably weren't able to communicate much with your family. No. And so I really like, I mean, they're at the funeral and I'm like, can you FaceTime me? Can you FaceTime me? Aww. Can you show me what's happening? And they're like, of course they're busy with everything. Right. So I did feel really removed. Um, but like I said, like, I, I think I'd never considered grieving completely alone. Um, and Jordan had gone away on a road trip. So I was fully alone and actually all the other wives went on a trip to Malaysia Um, and I decided to stay behind because I knew my grandpa was sick and I just wanted to kind of sit. And so I was, all the wives were gone and all the boys were gone. And I just had a full week alone to like cry into my pillow, scream, like go do whatever, like go out in the middle of the night to go get food. Like I just had a full week of doing whatever I want and processed however I wanted. So I like, it's scary to think about grieving alone, but it was honestly, it helped me a lot. You hear things like this happening and it's like, we all go through these struggles, but it's just like, it's so hard when it's family and there's like Mm. death and grieving and yeah, it's like, you really don't know how to navigate those situations until you're in it. And even then you don't know how to do it. And you just have to really, (laughs) again, just process how you're feeling and there's one night we went out and I was like, okay, like, I, I think I'm good to go out. Like I'm, I'm ready. And I probably had a couple too many drinks and it just ended with me. Like Jordan looked at me, he could see, I'm just sitting there blinking back tears. He's like, okay, time to go home. Like <laughs> yeah. good try tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like yeah. what would we do without them? Like, I feel like. I know. <laughs> that too. Like Jordan has literally been an angel um, for me through long distance, through China, through everything. Um, he, he has like the most chill personality I've ever met. Like he's never super mad. He's never super happy. Like he's very flatline. Like he's, he's so collected all the time, um, which is pretty much the opposite of me. And so I think our personalities really complement each other when we're put into these situations such as long distance or living overseas. Um, and we, see really eye to eye on a lot of things. So it was easy for us to like navigate better communication during long distance. And um, every day, since we live in a tiny hotel room, every day I, I, I tell him, I'm like, if you want me to go and leave for the day, I will go wander around a tourist site. Like if you need time alone, cause he just never gets time alone. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I get time alone every two weeks when he's gone. But then when he's on the road, I think they usually have roommates and And when he's at the rink, I have time alone and he just never gets that. So I'm like, you can tell me to go away and I will. (laughs) I know because that's a good point because then when they're at practice, like that's time that you have alone, but then they come back and you're always there. And I'm always there like, hey, what do you want to do today? You want to go out and eat? Do you want to go shopping? And he's like, let me nap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't do that. I've been sitting here all day. Yeah. So again, that's where like the sisterhood comes in, right? Because I'm like, ah, oh, Jordan's napping. Like anybody want to go get lunch or something? And, and yeah. all the girls are like, yeah, let's go. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Yeah. That's a good reminder to me too. It's just, mm-hmm. you have to like make sure that they have space as well, you know? Cause yeah. I think guys don't really know how to ask for that. Like me, I'm like, right. I need space. I need to go. <laughs> like, I need, please. well and I think they're always like they don't want to hurt our feelings they don't want us to feel bad and it's like yeah but you can tell me what you need and so like Jordan's always so good at taking care of my needs I'm like okay I gotta take care of his too so (laughs) yeah I was gonna ask you too like when they have the road trips do you ever go and travel by yourself yes so we we being the girls we love to do that so um, the first year I didn't, the second year me and some of the girls went to Tokyo for I think a week. It was awesome. We just stayed in a little Airbnb together. And actually we, I went with two girls that were um, on the KHL team. So we didn't even live in the same city. We just met in Tokyo. We had, I think I had met them before, but 
talking over like Instagram and stuff being like, Hey, I have to leave to reset my visa. Oh, I'll get that into that too. Um, but yeah, do you want to come? Like, I want to go somewhere. And they're like, yeah, let's go to Tokyo. So I just, we went to Tokyo with a gr- some girls I had met a couple times before, <laughs> shared an Airbnb. It was great. And then the next year I was like, okay, like I really want to do more traveling since I'm, it's the last year of our contract so far. And I want to take advantage of being in Asia and the cheap flights and being so close to everything. So we went to uh, Seoul, Korea. Um, a bunch of the other girls went to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, we, at our New Year's break, uh, three guys, or sorry, four guys and three girls as wives went to Thailand um, over the holidays. Mm, and then the boys That's went my bucket back. list. Oh, it was amazing. And it was actually so fun as a group trip. Like we had such a good time. We had just rented a huge house. We laid at the beach all day. And since we were there over New Year's, we got to go party. And then um, the boys went back to Beijing to for after the break. And then the girls, we stayed out. We went to Vietnam, Cambodia, um, Bangkok, and then flew home. And then, yeah, so this year we did a lot of traveling. <laughs> That is such a cool experience. And and even if, like, you don't go back to China, like... Yeah, I have all those. You ha- have Exactly. Like, you travel to all those amazing places. I feel like maybe you wouldn't have done that if you didn't have a contract over there. No. Like, I always did want to go to Asia, um, but I definitely don't think I would be able to say that I've seen so many countries. And I don't think I ever would have gone to China. Um, just because it, like, I mean, I'm sure it's not on a lot of people's bucket list, but... Like, I really wanted to do Tokyo and Korea. And so now I'm so glad that I've done those. But I've also, like, had the experience of living in China. So Yeah, and you said you had to renew your visa. Is that, like, a crazy oh, yeah. process? <laughs> yeah, so basically um, when the team got all the wives or – actually, the team didn't even do it for me. I did it for me. But <laughs> they – I got a tourist visa. So I have to leave every 60 days. And it's the dumbest thing because you can literally just walk across the border, get a stamp and walk back in. Like you don't have to be out for any amount of time. You just have to leave the country. They don't care where you go. So every 60 days is also why we travel because it's like, okay, like we all are on the same visa. We all got to go. And the visa lasts for the life of your passport and you're allowed in and out as many times as you want, but you just have to leave every 60 days. It's so weird. That is so weird because you would, so weird. you would think if they want you to leave, it would It'd be like for a week or like, yeah, exactly. you have to get a new visa. That's why you have to leave or something. But no, I have a 10 year visa because I had just renewed my passport when I got it. 10 years. And yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So I can go to China whenever I want. For the next 10 years. <laughs> that's a long time. <laughs> I know. And so um, that's also too why I haven't even changed my name since getting married because I'm like, well, my visa and my passports and my maiden name and I it's good until I think 2027 so (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get some crap for that like once someone's gonna see that in like nine years and be like you still haven't changed your passport I know and to um uh so every time you go into China they stamp it and every time you go out of China they stamp it so I have so many red seal stamps and maybe those will actually fill up my passport before it expires. So I might have to get a new one anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like here they don't, sometimes they don't yeah. stamp it. I'm like, just give me a little stamp so I can have a, a memory. I know. It's Come like a here. little memento. Like you need that. It's proof you went there. <laughs> I know. Like if you're in the EU, I think like if we fly to Italy, oh, they don't stamp yeah. because we're within the EU. You're already but there. Like, but I want one. Just. But it's a different country. It counts. <laughs> Yeah, looking back someday, I'm going to be like, oh, this is, I remember when we went here and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so too with the, so China, like, uh, it's pretty strict place, right? With all the laws and everything. Um, So every time you enter the country, you have to register your residence with the police. Um, And since we live in a hotel, the hotel does does that for us. So that's huge. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what that process would look like if we were in an apartment and I had to go do that. Um, but yeah, we have to fill out a little form every time we come in and give our passport to the front desk and they submit it for us. 
and one time I forgot and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to do it within 72 hours of landing or something. And so I was like, oh, I, if I try to leave this country, I'm going to jail. <laughs> Could you imagine going to jail in China? Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> it's my biggest fear next to hospitals in China. <laughs> especially now <laughs> oh my god I know I've like successfully avoided any hospital trips even in seeing any doctors there like I have been I've never gotten sick there so knock on wood but yeah well thank you so much for coming on and just sharing yeah. your experience I mean I've honestly not heard of anything <laughs> like this before in like the hockey world so it's it insane so yeah it's, it's a whole different world for sure and we've never played anywhere else so for us they're like oh yeah it's normal to do your laundry in the bathtub during yeah. the hockey season but it's not <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so funny well thank you again for coming on if yeah, anyone thanks for wants, having me if anyone wants to reach out where can they find you uh so my instagram handle if you just look up alana klarsik leem um it will come up and uh I'll I won't spell it because it's long but <laughs> um you'll Isn't see me like, on the breaking it's like the pod, breaking uh, the ice page right like you spell it like a like, oh yeah like, sorry my yeah. handle I spell like oh Lana like kind of <laughs> as a joke and it's u-h-l-u-h-n-n-u-h <laughs> <laughs> perfect thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode don't forget to subscribe rate and review See you next week.